Thank you for listening to Lone Star Community Radio. This program was broadcasted and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. Lone Star Community Radio is supported by listeners like you. Donate and sponsor today. For more information on getting involved with Lone Star Community Radio, contact us at lscrstudios at gmail.com or visit us online at www.irlonestar.com. Hey, uh, you're going to enjoy today's show. Uh, we've, You know how we do things here at, at the Bridge Podcast Texas. We are connecting commerce with community, and uh, we've got some good ones today. I uh, want to introduce our first guest, and, and a lot of you may know him, actually. He's a native Conroe guy. He's got skin in the game, so to speak, and has, has really put roots down here and uh, made a big impact, and, and we've got Kurt Maddox today, who is a city councilman and uh, president of Conroe Golf Cars. So I'm excited for you to hear what he has to say about Conroe, the future, about his company, how the pandemic really kind of adjusted some of their plans, so to speak, uh, to say the least, I guess. And uh, I'm excited to hear for you to hear what his um, vision is for and how he built this team and that family first is what they really talk about most at Conroe Golf Cars. And and he and his team uh, really set the table for the growth that they've seen. And, and they've made a huge impact here, huge footprint in Conroe. So I'm excited for you to hear from Kurt Maddox. Hey, welcome back to another episode of The Bridge Podcast. And today we are privileged to have a great guest, um, City Councilman and Vice President of Conroe Golf Cars, Kurt Maddox. Welcome. Hey, thanks, Sean. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, man. Glad you came, man. I uh, Just to give you kind of a background, man, this, this deal is just to connect commerce with community and really kind of get to know people, kind of peel back some layers that maybe we don't ordinarily see and uh, we try not to get too personal. I don't know. We might. We might get personal. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I want to kind of know, just for my benefit, and hopefully there's maybe one other person out there. I mean, how'd you get to the place you are now with Conroe Golf Cars? Like coming up. I mean, you're native Conroe. Like after school, you, what did you do after that? And just kind of give us a lay of the land on that pro- progression to where you are now. Well, uh, John, actually, my first job was really at Conroe Golf Cars. I was trying to pay back a debt to Mr. Sebastian that. His son and I have been the closest of friends since we were about eight or nine years old. And, and I'd asked to borrow, I had a $20 check from my mom. And I said, well, Mr. Sebastian, will you cash it? And he said, how about I give you $20 and y'all go out Friday night and Saturday you come and work for me. And that was the kind of the start of everything. And he was a, a big mentor in my life. And then uh, I've just kind of stayed with it. And really, I, I, at one time, it's probably all I knew was Conroe Golf Course. Really? And so you've had the same job or the same company, not the same role, but being with the same, that's, that's kind of rare nowadays, but it is now. I, now I've, I left to go to, to play golf at Stephen F. Austin and I played, um, two years college golf there. And then I transferred, uh, and being in the same conference, I had to sit out a year at Sam. So mm-hmm. while I was sitting out a year at Sam, I was still working with, for Mr. Sebastian going back and forth to school. And uh, then I had a little bit of a tragedy in my life that had happened, and uh, my parents moved away, and I kind of stayed in the 
and the Sebastians wrapped their arms around me and took me in and really? kind of mentored me. And uh, so I stayed with them for a while. And then my roommate at Stephen F. Austin made the tour. And uh, he asked me to caddy the West Coast Swing and uh, on the tour. And so I went out and caddied for, uh, <clears throat> his name was Greg Hamilton. And mm. so while I was caddying out there with Greg, it was my 21st birthday. And, and uh, Mr. Sebastian had called me to wish me happy birthday. And he told me he had good news and bad news. And I said, well, what's the... Uh, What's the good news? He said, well, John has decided to come. He won't be part of the Conroe Golf Cars. And I said, man, that is, that's fantastic. I was, man, you've always wanted that. And I go, whoa, what's the bad news? He says, well, he has your job. I'm like, oh, great. So anyway, <clears throat> that was what he wanted. And John come into the family business, and I was happy. And anyway, the my little stint as a caddy on tour ended. Mm -hmm. I was ready to come home. Uh -huh. and. Uh, and after that, um, I sold cars for Buckaloo Chevrolet for about nine months, and Mr. Sebastian sent me to every sales school and everything I could do to help myself, Dale Carnegie and all wow. that. And then eventually the business grew, and I came back in 91, I guess, after being gone about a year, and uh, I've never left. That's, uh, I mean, it's an interesting story because I didn't know some of that and uh, the fact that your parents moved away and you stayed and just kind of really got folded into that family and kind of got that DNA under your belt as far as the culture, the work ethic, and how to be a part of a winning team and a business that's thriving still. Um, man, so you're a vice president now, is that correct? I, I am an uh, okay. officer of the company and um, Mr. Sebastian passed away in 04 and uh, we incorporated and at that time that's kind of when we had you know had officers come into play and, yeah uh, it's been great and my parents have now moved back my mom and dad are still alive and they, they live at Heritage Oaks and mm -hmm. you know the, the, the great thing is Miss Sebastian was a fourth grade teacher and I went to elementary school and I, I, I just I prayed hey I hope I get Miss Sebastian as teacher I hope I get Miss Sebastian a teacher from the third grade so when I went from the third grade to the fourth grade, she moved down to the third grade, and I didn't get a chance. Uh -huh. And so anyway, Miss Sebastian has been, uh, you know, she's like a mom to me. And, mm -hmm. the, and the cool thing is Miss Sebastian and my mom are, are, are friends, very yeah. good friends, yeah. and they have the same birthday. Same birthday. I don't think that isn't a God thing. I'm telling you, man, your prayers must have worked. Maybe not for the teacher part of it, but you got kind of an extra family member that's close like that. That's pretty cool. Uh, man, so, you, you know, you're – the business has changed significantly. So from way back when to now, and your role evolved completely, what are you kind of most proud of as a, as a leader that you are? Like, what have you seen in yourself that has kind of, like, surprised you, or what are you most proud of about the team that you're building and the culture? You know, the team that we have and the culture we have, it's, you know, we, we have a family-first business. So we, when I came back in 91, we might have had nine employees, and three of them were family, uh, with Mr. and Ms. Sebastian and John. And today we have 50. And so we have wow. built a we've built a place that we get to know our employees. We get to to know the people. It's kind of a big family. Mm -hmm. You know, we walk around, we talk to each other, and so we we try to create a team atmosphere. And you know, John and I. Don't and even Brant James, one of the other officers, are coming. We, we we don't ask anybody to do anything we have never done. That's where we because we've done it from cleaning the toilets to, you know, changing the batteries out in carts. So I'm most proud of the way we've got 
I'm going to say 50% of our employees have 20 years tenure. And that says a lot. That, that says a ton. And, and you don't see that either much. And the fact that you kind of organically grew that leadership team to what it is from the bottom, you know, from the bottom, you're, you're, you're no stranger to, like you said, kind of the grassroots of sweeping the floor. Mm-hmm. And, and now you're doing what you do. And the team obviously emulates a lot of that culture and that, that philosophy. So, I mean, uh, I, I think – so Conroe Golf Cars, uh, I uh, it's been around for how long? For Since nineteen seventy four. Gosh, man! I mean, coming up on fifty, right? We're coming up on fifty years. Matter of fact, we're going to do uh, Mr. Sebastian's um, and Miss Sebastian's anniversary and his birthday is July thirteenth. We're going to celebrate uh, forty eight years in the business this year. It's mm-hmm. kind of do something special, and we're going to you know bring people out and and have a whole week of sale and, and, and try to fire things back up because we're so proud of Conroe. We're so proud of our business. And it gives our chance to, to give back to our employees and to our customers as well. Yeah, I'm going to spitball here and take a, a risk in guessing that COVID almost helped the the guy get out and play more golf. And, and maybe <laughs> even just the fact that we could buy a golf car golf cart and then drive it around just to get out of the house like did am i off base there (laughs) no you're not that's not a big risk that's a a true statement and and actually when the rodeo shut down march 11th um and they we had uh, 700 vehicles at the houston livestock show and rodeo it is truly our biggest company uh, that we deal with and work with on a yearly basis and so they called us said look we're gonna we're going to shut it down and we're going to put all of your cars in the dome. And I mean, at this time, I mean, the perfect storm was happening and everything was shutting down. I mean, sports, mm-hmm. the, the, almost like the world. And so we were like, Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We got all our cars trapped. And so time went by and about at the end of March, we just said, look, what we're going to do is we've got all these, people that worked for us for so long and I had talked I'd called the Buckaloos and John had called the Buckaloos and some other business around town said look let's give them a month off let's shut down for a month it would cost more money to hire people back and lay them off or do whatever and we're just going to pay them we'll pay everybody for a month and then and, and let's see let's let's kind of circle the wagons when it's over and see what happens so we John and I forwarded all the phone lines to our cell phone in case someone called and we really, we didn't know what we were going to do. Wow. And then. Paid them anyway. We paid them anyway. Well, I mean, now they walk through wall for you. If they wouldn't already, they and will And we will now. walk, I'm going to tell you, and we'll walk through a wall for them too. I mean, they, they you know, we, <clears throat> we got busy, you know, because it was one of the things you could do outside as pleasure, whether it was you know, ride around or go to the pool right. or play golf. I mean, you know, they were finding a way. These country clubs were playing golf, and and, and they would open the golf course, and, and Carlton Wood, I'll just use Carlton Woods as an example, they called and said, look, can you send us 50 golf cars? Because everybody's got to ride by themselves. Wow. And then, and then it just started to be a trickle-down effect, and then we didn't have any cars. And then people said, well, we'll just buy them. And it was, it was a blessing. I, I just can't tell you. And so we started calling in our staff one after the other that could help us and before you knew it we're you know may 15th and we're fully staffed and we can't keep up with the business yeah 
I, I would imagine, and I would have loved to have seen that convoy bring all those back from the dome. Like that would have been <laughs> interesting to watch, man. Well, and 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 I will tell you, the Houston Life Sucks Show and Rodeo has been a partner of ours, and um, we didn't know if we were really going to get paid or how it was yeah. all going to work with all our cars down the rental. Right. And I'm just going to tell you, we stood behind Houston. Houston stood behind us, and we got through this. I mean, that's incredible. I, I love that a big city can be a, have a small-town feel whenever people are taking care of people, right? And, I, I mean, that kind of transitions us a little bit into this town and kind of what you've known for a long time, right, with the exception of some college. Uh, it looks a little different. Huh. Than it did maybe you twenty think, I mean, years ago, and, and, and now being on council, you know, I got a call. Um, matter of fact, I told you earlier, someone called one to talk a little baseball, yeah. which I, I love to do. And he he's a judge here, and he says I need to talk to you about something else too. So this traffic on one hundred and five, I mean, where, what are we going to do? We need lights in everywhere, and so yes, it's changed, it's growing. You know, last year we were, uh, USA Today had us uh, rank the fastest growing city in the United States. Yeah. And uh, as a city councilman, I'm, I'm glad to be part of that. I want to make a change. I want to be a servant of the city. And, and kind of with, you know, my business, I, I want to I treat people like I want to be treated. So mm-hmm. and I, I, think, I think if you do the right thing and, and, uh, and trust in the Lord, I mean, he'll yeah. take care of you, I'm telling you. And we're a very, very much family first business and matter of fact the art church used to be at Conroe Golf Course yeah yeah that's awesome yeah. I think I knew that and I know they've been a part of that <clears throat> that church for a long time and so I, it's crazy because I'm, I'm thinking you know you come on to city council and, and I have another question about that but it's it's like you have this whole new set of problems when you're the top fastest growing city in the country like that's a good thing but it had its set of growing pains and still probably does, but it's good. What what would you say to the community right now that's kind of scratching their head going, I don't know if I want to be the fastest growing city in the country, you know, because of all that's going, infrastructure changes, just different, you know, we're trying to absorb all this population. So what do you say to that kind of average community guy like Well, I, I think that's a true statement. I mean, you, you can hear sometimes when they talk about businesses and stuff, you know, you want to you want to grow and grow and grow, and at, at some point being big isn't always great. Mm. I mean, so, and we even seen that, you know, we had to change our whole business model from where we were selling, you know, five and 600 cars a month because we were a host selling cars and letting all these people that were out there selling cars that we pulled it back in and became more of a retail operation hmm. so we we didn't we maintained the same amount of business and we maintained a lot less problems hmm. so I think with the city growing fast like that I think we have a I think we have a great council I think we have a young council and and there's change is good I used to be way against change but change is good and I think the, that the new council and the way we're uh, revitalizing downtown and the things that we're changing and and, uh, and the improvements we're making, and I think the hotel and the new Oscar Johnson, mm-hmm. and I mean that's the Oscar Johnson Center is a, a multi generational uh, facility that's never been seen before. We're one of the first, and mm-hmm. we are the first. And uh, and the same thing with uh, bringing in a four star hotel convention center. I mean mm-hmm. they're the, they're wanting to already book it up, and I, wow. I think it's great. Wow, yeah. I mean, I was gonna. So this is your first stab at. City government? 
my first and only so far. I, but, okay, I was going to say, why, why now? Well, you know, and I, I, I get this comment all the time that um, when I was young, I wanted to be so I was so in love with the city. I loved being in Conroe. I loved being part of Conroe. I mean, I was a tiger yeah. all the way, and yeah. uh, I pounded my chest. I went to the pep rallies when I was a little kid. I went to the downtown pep rallies. You know, I did it all. I mean, I loved Conroe, and all I wanted to do was be a servant and make it better. Mm-hmm. I want to be a servant of the city and make it better, and I just wanted to be so proud and to, to live in Conroe and everybody else to be proud. And so I told people, I'm going to be mayor. I, I would tell them when I was young, I mean, in my— you know, late teens and early twenties, I'd be, I'd be, I was going to be mayor. And so I hear the comment all the time. I, actually, my uncle came in to watch my son play baseball yesterday and he was, I was wearing my city councilman jacket and he said, uh, he says, you know, I thought you were fully, you know what, when I, you said back when you were about 20, you know, uncle Kurt, I'm going to be mayor of Conroe someday. And he goes, and now look at you, you know, you're in your, I'm, about to be my third year city council so man oh man well it's uh it's come full circle you you didn't predict city council but there's still time i guess to make that other prediction uh, happen down the road i don't, I don't know, know. I, I like being a councilman yeah. i i might have been i might have been like uh getting the cart in front of the horse at yeah, that yeah. time because it's it's a it takes it takes all five councilmen and the mayor and we're we're a good team and i'm telling you what yeah. Teamwork matters and unity matters, and that's what we need in, in Conroe is to all of us to be on the same team and, and push forward. Yeah, for sure. And you're, you know, you're close enough to kind of feel the warmth, but you're not in the fire. Like you're not quite. In <laughs> no, I let there, Jody like, be in the my, fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he, he's he's spunky enough and got the grit to probably yeah. handle it. Uh, he has done a great job. I'm, I'm, oh yeah. I'm, I'm very proud to serve under Mayor Chikoski. He's been a he's been a terrific mayor and uh, and. Uh, He's done a fantastic job. Yeah, yeah. Well, so what are, I guess, you know, without maybe a spoiler alert or anything like that, I mean, what what are you guys cooking? What's going on, like, kind of on the horizon that may be a, you know, a fun thing to kind of talk about on the streets of Conroe right now? Uh, what part you want to go to? <laughs> uh, let's just go, I mean, downtown. Like, it, it already kind of, you know, the you know about the, have you seen the MoCo food hall that's coming in right behind Pacific uh, Yard House? I did not, huh? Yeah, so there's a Montgomery County food court hall coming in. It's going to have uh, different vendors. Um, Actually, I did because Table at Madeley's weren't. Yeah, yeah. Well, Table at Madeley's going in by Frank Jackson. Right, and right. I went and toured that last week, and uh, it is state of the art. Frank's uh, ran. He's got all the, the bandwidth that everything needs to be to every food cart to do concerts, to do video, to, to do conferences there. Yeah. And I, I think what Frank's done is incredible. And I think the food court, I mean, uh, the table at Maley is going to be great. Matter of fact, I'm going to try to do something um, for our 35th high school reunion there. Yeah. And I was told. And then with the food court coming in and 202 Main and uh, the, the, the Foss Brewery and yeah. Corner Pub. I'm trying to get them all in. Yeah, Red yeah, Brick yeah, yeah. We'll just <laughs> We'll just blanket statement that one so nobody's yeah. left out. We got some cool stuff about to happen with some local vendors and establishments. Uh, man, are you – so you've got two kids that, you know, played, played sports at Conroe and uh, you were, you know, a golfer – what what uh, what do you like about what's going on over at Conroe High? Like sports wise, I mean everything's kind of a buzz over there. We've got good leadership, you know. It's kind of well. Crazy. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little heat on Coach Raymer, and hopefully you can push this off to him and let him <laughs> see it. But um, 
Coach Hardiman got us to the playoffs in football. Yeah. Coach Mason got us playoffs in the basketball. Yeah. And we're waiting on Raymer to get us in the baseball playoffs. There you and, go. Um, I went last night. It, it looked good. And I watched yesterday's game. Uh, Berg um, had a no-hitter going to the last out. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, well, I think the table's set for that because, you know, I had – you know, I've got two sons that came through Conroe, and one's actually coaching baseball now on, on one of the sub varsity teams. And I, I'll make a bold predict because they've they've made they've been to a place where they were one game out, like for two or three years in a row, like they just barely missed it. COVID really turned everything upside down because I thought that was going to be the year they were really stacked. And I'll just make a prediction, and and I won't uh, jinx anything, but I'll just make a prediction. I think you'll be. Pleasantly surprised. Let's just go that route. I won't say it verbally. I will. I think <laughs> I will. I think we'll make the playoffs. Right. I, I, what I've seen is good. And, you know, maybe it's it's your son's uh, leadership. And uh, Matter yeah. of fact, matter, I, if I'm not mistaken, so Sydney is a senior. Uh, he coached him in, oh, in, yeah. in, in, in the uh, – He did. In the um, – uh, what were they called? Freshman prep team. Yeah, Freshman he, prep yeah, team. He did. So, uh, that's awesome. There's the leadership, right? There we go. Hey, Attitude yeah. reflects leadership. Yeah, yeah. And and we rehearsed that beforehand, so don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. Uh, yeah. Um, well, you know, I think – so the community, like we talked about, is just on fire from a growth standpoint and just from excitement. I mean, I, I can kind of feel the buzz amongst the citizens. Like, the community is behind whatever's going on, and the downtown just has a different complexion, just from maybe – two or three years ago even. And uh, I think I think we've got some stuff to be excited about. Um, what I guess a, a question I would ask is just kind of on a grand scale, you've seen it from small town Conroe to now. What I guess, what are you most, if you were going to be in another city on a business trip and, and you're talking about where you're from, what are you going to say that, that maybe is your most proud thing about Conroe, Texas? That that I would I would say that that we are a pretty big tight knit group, yeah. And and you know we're I'm a Conronian, yeah. And uh, I, I'm proud to be from Conroe. And I I tell them that we're uh, a fast growing city, and I tell them that we have you know the, all the great things that we have here. I mean, we right outside of our city we have uh, Tiger Woods' first golf course, Blue Jack National. We have. Uh, all the great golf courses. We now have a convention center in Conroe that's going to bring nice um, restaurants. Mm-hmm. We have the amenities that 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 a big town has, but the small towns bring in, and it brings more people. And what I'm most excited about with the infrastructure of the housing and and the developments we're doing, it's going to make our schools so powerful and so great again. And they're mm-hmm. going to beat their chest and say they're Conroe Tigers and. Um, we have done. We've got a great, great uh, school district. We got great teachers, and uh, I think we're going to be a powerhouse. And I'm just, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a big believer in um, winning makes a lot of problems go away, and uh, and I think once we build that culture of this is the town we're going to be again, I think we're going to grow off the charts. Yeah, yeah, and and there's definitely areas that I see that probably could need, you know, maybe needs a facelift a little bit, you know, some of the abandoned buildings that are still kind of lingering and and are look like to me in prime prime places to be and and there's a lot going on behind the scenes obviously that 
this average citizen doesn't know about, obviously. Um, so I, you know, I wonder what kind of expansion or where are we like, we going more north, we going more south, we going toward, is Montgomery and Conroe just going to bleed together like it kind of already does? Well, I think it is kind of bleeding together, but I mean, it, it's, we're, I think we're going to, it's going to be like a whole circle and it's going to be like the, the, the rays of the sun. We're going to be the sun, the rays are going to go around and it's going to go in all areas, east, west, north, and south. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you're going to see some some big things happening. And, and, I, and I think you got, we have good people here. We have a good staff with the city. We have good leadership. Um, we got good department heads, and uh, and we got a great foundation. It starts with building a ground foundation, and it's no different than raising your kids. I mean, it, it all starts with discipline and, and how you do it. And if you can do the right thing, and we're going to grow and build. And it, um, there are so many exciting things, and 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 there's exciting things that can happen. There's so many happening. I can't even think of just one. Whether it right. be, you know, I mean. Uh, I mean, look at what Wood Force did down here downtown. This bank. I mean, mm. I mean that's bringing revitalization downtown. We've improved everything here. We've moved the department heads down to the old police station on Metcalf, and and now they have a new facility and uh, and and they have a place a nice place to operate. And there'll be you know better employees for that and better helpers and and uh, there's just so many things going on. I mean, uh, we're gonna have a fire station, a new fire station. Really? Yeah, so um, these aren't secrets. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they're not. I might just be under a rock trying to raise four kids and you know, keep it all together. But uh, and I will tell you, I think I think the growth to answer your question. I think the growth is gonna is gonna move east. We got a new junior high school out there, Stockton, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a lot of development with Barton Woods and Stewart Forest, and and I think uh, right across from Barton Woods is a really nice subdivision that's kind of gone in, and I think that development is moving that way, and I, I think what we're we're cleaning up Conroe. We're we're across the tracks in Dugan right now doing a cleanup program mm-hmm. and trying to help people and and. Look, we're we're all proud, and we want everybody to want to live here. And we want the people here. I want my my kids to go to college, and I want them to come back and want to live in Conroe. Absolutely, and, and this is an interesting town because I come from a small town, and and rarely did folks go back like after they were out of college. It was just small, and it didn't really appear that there was a whole lot of growth or expansion or vision anyway. And and not that it's not now, but. I didn't have any desire, but I think kids and Conroe's unique to that is you guys all come back. I mean, you all pretty much come back. And so there's something here and you're just create you, your team and, and the, the leadership in the city are creating a reason to keep that going. It, it does. I mean, I will, I mean, I'll just use some examples. I graduated with my accountant. So my accountant, Wow. you know, um, my my two of my friends in school are dentists they've moved back they practice in Conroe. Mm. okay the doctors in my in my school or or have practice here and and you got the bankers are still people i went to school with so people want to come back here and live because it's been such a great community and we've had a a lot of leaders i mean including you know mayor powell was one Mm -hmm. of the reasons and one of the big reasons I ran, uh, Mayor ex, uh, former Mayor Metcalf was another big reason mm-hmm. I ran. And we just have had good leaders. And when you have good leaders like that, then we want to stay. And um, our, our, our leader now, Mayor Tchaikovsky, is a visionary. Yeah. And he, he has all these visions. And then he just likes to delegate after that. Did you hear me, Jody? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> 
but he does, and he he always he always kind of he knows what our strengths are, so he, he'll put us in that area, and, and and let him see the vision, and he can move. He's a he's a he's a mover. He's young. Yeah, and he and he motivates too. Like you can talk to him for five minutes and feel like you need to go out and and do something. Oh, yeah. you get excited. Yeah. I mean, he can get you excited. He's he's a rah rah guy. And That's I like good. That. That's good. Well. Um, I'm going to have to get you to maybe get us turf on the baseball field, but that's a whole other conversation. And I, I doubt you've ever thought of that. I doubt you've ever that's ever come up in your in your mind. <laughs> there's, there's I will tell you what I have one. I have talked about that today is stay Friday. Uh, I've talked maybe. about it five times this week. Okay. So uh, yes. Well, uh, I see it happening in other areas. So I'm sure you've. I see it happening in other areas, and one of the things is, I mean, number one, I mean. Not a whole lot of maintenance of keep growing grass. Yeah. You never have a rain out. Yep, yep. And uh, therefore, you know, there's a lot of things you can do. And all the other schools, that's, it is true, is yeah. got turf. And I, I think that um, I see it in our future. I for just sure. want to see it sooner. It makes them hard to say no. It makes it hard for them to say no when you are going to the where you said we're going to go. Isn't that right, Coach Raymer, as we go to the playoffs? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, He's going to kill me. I'm I, telling you. I think you're going to, yeah, you're going to get seats up in the nosebleeds from now <laughs> on. Um, but I appreciate your time today. I, you know, are you guys, so if, if Conroe, so Conroe Golf Cars is, is there for life at that location, you're just going to take over that whole block? Or is there plans <laughs> to, you mentioned earlier, you don't, you know, you're kind of keeping your arms around the growth intentionally. Um, but is there something down the road for that? You know, right now, with it's harder to do business now than it was at the start of COVID. Mm. And um, so right now, every day, um, we're having to change our business model because of the, of the, the, the demands there, the supply is not. And, you know, we haven't gotten a, a – a new gasoline golf cart from EasyGo in over a year, and that's mm. one of our vendors. Mm-hmm. So they have the same chips oh, that go wow. in, a, in a car. So they're electronic fuel injection. Yeah. So, you know, so it's we've had some struggles, but we've been very blessed. Yeah. And uh, but I, I just I, right now we're just we've got kind of got a five year plan to make sure we we have a lot of mouths to feed over there. Mm-hmm. And we want to take care of them. We want to keep our employees because they're, they're they're true family. And then uh, we'll look at. I think we have one little piece. If we can get that one little piece, then we'll have the whole block. Okay. All right. Well, good. That that's enough for me, and uh, I can live with that for now. Anyway, till the next time I see you, I might ask the same question. But uh, no, I appreciate you coming, man. I appreciate the work you're doing and serving on city council, and and just kind of the culture you've helped build over there, and you're continuing to, and and the excitement that it sounds like you have for where Conroe's going. And so, hey, audience, this this is exactly what I was hoping for. Um, we got to talk to one of our city leaders and someone who's been here who's got skin in the game to make Conroe better. So with that, he's been Kurt Maddox. We've been the Bridge Podcast. Stay connected. All right. Thank you, John. Hey, I promise you amazing guests, and we have not disappointed. And so I've got another great one. Uh, our, our second guest today is going to be Scott Harper, who is the president of Chamber of Commerce here in Conroe. And Scott has a long track record of leadership. Scott's been at the YMCA uh, running the show there uh, here in Conroe, then came to 
He's had two stints at the Conroe uh, Chamber of Commerce and now most recently is, is the president and building a dynamic, great team over there. They, um, they really have a, a vision to kind of that kind of catches up with the growth that we're having here. Like they have this idea of how to get the, the community rallied around what the chamber's doing and, and really trying to kind of get people to understand fully what that membership looks like. And, and those that are on the fence, I think after this episode are really going to jump in with both feet because Scott really outlines the benefits. He outlines what their purpose is, what their vision is, and, and really their culture over there is all about this area, all about your business or someone you know's business and getting them involved. And really, um, I think that you're going to enjoy hearing from uh, the president of the Chamber of Commerce here today and, and just what he sees for the future of Conroe. So welcome, Scott Harper. Welcome back to the Bridge Podcast. Those of you who see our guest already probably know who he is, but uh, in case you don't, Scott Harper, uh, president of the Chamber of Commerce here in town. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's awesome to, to get to know a little bit uh, about you that some of us may or may not already know. So we're going to ask you to let us see behind the curtain a little bit, and uh, we're going to get a little bit of your background and talk about just kind of some exciting stuff you've done and are doing uh, at the Chamber. And uh, we appreciate all the work you're doing because you guys definitely have a footprint. And uh, so give us a little bit of an idea how you got to this point. Yeah, it's a crazy story. I've always been kind of a servant leader, um, always trying to give back in whatever way I can. And when I was uh, had worked for the YMCA for about five years in Tampa, and my dad started having some health concerns, and he was in Arkansas. Um, and so I started looking for some positions to get me closer to him. Um, and so we were 18 hours away, so that's a long, long way to be away from family, especially if they're going through some health issues. And so found the uh, opportunity at the Conroe Y mm. um, and moved over in 2005 and was running that facility. And while I was there, um, I just found it was very important to be a, um, get out in the community and be, um, you know, meet the people and, and just start really developing relationships. And so I served on the board of directors of okay. the Chamber of Commerce while I was the executive director of the, of the Conroe uh, YMCA. Wow. So that was my first. I had been asked to um, consider coming on the board. I did. Uh, myself and Tamara, her name Perry now, um, were the 30-somethings in the room with a whole bunch of older uh, old Conroe guys, yeah. um, and we were in the ones kind of in the back asking questions, and um, so really, really got to understand the, you know, what the what the chamber did, um, and then during that time, um, Stu Darcy had been with the chamber for a number of years. He uh, decided to retire, and so they went through the process uh, trying to find chamber people to take the job, and for some reason they wouldn't, right. um, and they came back to me as a community person. Um, and so that's, that's when they hired me the first time. And then I came, was there about four years. Uh, we kind of dusted everything off, threw it all to the, you know, to the wall, mm -hmm. saw what stuck and really worked with the board and the staff to, to revitalize the chamber. I think some complacency had set in and, sure. um, technology had changed, um, different ways to approach people have changed. And then the why kept coming knocking again. And so I had to make a decision, you know, do I continue, continue a, 
11-year career, 10-year career with the Y or continue a four-year career with the Chamber. And so I decided to go back to the Y because mm. um, my kids were getting ready to go into college and it was I just had to think a little you know, short-term to make sure long-term right. made sense. And so we, we did that. And then, um, golly, it was, I started back with the Chamber in May. Brian Bondi, who um, replaced me, um, got another job in Granbury, uh, closer to his family where just, I think he just had his first grandchild. Okay. And so, uh, and different things going on within the Y. And I was like, I wonder if the Chamber will have me back. So I had a great uh, community support from old friends that, you know, supported me before. So and I've awesome. been back since May. That's awesome. Yeah. So for those of them, us, me, uh, that may not understand exactly what the Chamber of Commerce does. I mean, that sounds like a dumb question when I say it out loud, but maybe just kind of give us an idea of like, what's the reason? What's the purpose? What are you guys here to do? Yeah. Well, we, I mean, our, our, our mission is to just to build and help support the business community in our area. You know, we need to be uh, the voice of business and and sometimes you know coming back uh, for the second time you know I was asking new members that I just met um, you know what do you know about the chamber and what about this and they kept telling me well you do lobster fest and you do taste fest and you, you all they could tell me is the events that we did and so I'm glad you asked the question because we do so much more than that and so we we did a board retreat and we're really looking at how we brand ourselves and how we communicate to the business community what we do so what we really do in a, in a nutshell is like we've got some great members that have been um, in the community for a long time, and they're very. This, we've got one of the most generous um, and generous um, community members from the Wood Forests and and yeah. uh, you know other large organizations, the, the other banks, the hospitals. And we're able to leverage their support from sponsorships and different things like that to help bring in seminars and trainings for small businesses that might have two or three people and they can't afford to go to a conference. They can't afford to do these other things. So we try to educate um, and bring different topics to them so they can come to the chamber for no charge. Mm -hmm. Being a chamber member gets you that access um, from we're starting our new series um, coming up and it's cybersecurity. Um, We have things for HR. I know during COVID, they were doing some different things about, you know, working with the SBA and how you can get your small business loans or your PPP loans. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times these small, small yeah. organizations, they don't have that resource. And we, yeah. we, we're that resource. Um, wow. The other thing, we'll go to Austin, we'll help promote and advocate for certain laws uh, for or against if they're going to have adverse or positive wow. effects for, um, for businesses from mm-hmm. taxes of, um, toward to whatever it might be. And so we... We, that's the calling card of what the chamber needs to be, is to be that voice of business for those businesses. Um, you know, we've got so many small businesses right. um, and even more that are popping up daily downtown Conroe. Yeah. It's really cool to see that that evolution of what's going on down there. Oh, yeah. And they, sometimes they don't have the time or the resources. And, you know, for a nominal fee to be a member of the chamber, then we're, we're that advocate for them. That's awesome. That is, I mean, full disclosure, I learned a lot right there in that two minutes uh, because, you know, there's probably a lot more people that like me that maybe didn't understand completely what you guys did. Like you said, everybody kind of put an event, tagged it to your name. And, and so I, I'm interested to know, too, because I love evolution and, and growth and change and transition. Like from the guy that was in the room the first time mm-hmm. at the chamber and you're asking all these questions until to now or to when you came back, mm-hmm. did you guys turn it on its head? 
or does it look a lot different than that that it did before and how does it uh, yeah that's a great question i know when i got there i you know i was the young guy and i was th- trying to you know i wanted to take over the world um but mm-hmm. the the chamber has a long history um but what what i found was when i alluded to some of the maybe some of the complacency is that um, we wanted to bring bring everything that we did up to up to speed when it comes to like I said technology how we inter- how do we communicate with people um, how do we do our special events are we more automated can we make the payment side easier because I remember when I first got there we were still using the old knuckle buster oh. credit cards which yeah. is, takes longer you know all that kind of stuff so dealing um, with merchant services how do we can speed up those processes and then really looking at our what's our what's our mission and what are our our priorities for that year um, and so going there I went through an organization it's it's a certification organization called Institute for Organizational Management and oh. it's through the US Chamber of Commerce and mm-hmm. it's a four-year process but my first year I went and um, I started learning about accreditation and accreditation is a very just intensive process for the US Chamber of Commerce you, you submit all your paperwork and all your documentation yeah. in seven different areas, um, and they they either say you're you're doing a great job or you're not. And if you're if you kind of hit it in the middle, they assign a star rating, so from one star to five stars. Five stars yeah. being the, the the largest. And I came back and told my board, I said, "What a better benchmark or litmus test yeah. for us to do is to use this." Um, for our guide. And so we did, we started that process. We were accredited and became a three-star accredited uh, organization, which put us in the top 3% of all chambers across the country. There's only 190 accredited chambers in the U.S. out of 7,000. And so we are, and then we're just, we're the only one in Montgomery County, um, one of, I think about 20, um, two in the greater Houston area or in Texas. And then it gets a little smaller. That was your vision to go do that program? Yeah, because I heard it from, you know, not, you know, people that weren't telling me what I should and shouldn't do. I'm, I'm, I'm in a conference for, it was the first week of my four years conference listening to, if you want to establish yourself as, as a credible chamber, you should look into accreditation. And it was, I mean, when you're done with the packets, I mean, it's, I mean, that, that, the information's that yeah. thick, but um, so they were able to do it. If we had had more money in the bank, and if we had been able to go to Washington D.C. and visit the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and do some advocacy on mm-hmm. on the Hill, we would have probably got four or five. But in in the year and a half that once I'd gotten there and we got that accreditation, we were we were just ecstatic to be accredited. Um, even yeah. happier that was three star, and then that foundation was able to let the chamber build on that. And then just in 2020, even during the pandemic, they had, you know, they had submitted their information and they were awarded the five-star accreditation. So it's the top, wow. the top level. It's a decent feather in your cap, like oh, to absolutely. start that process. And, and uh, how big is your team? So I only have a, uh, only a few. Um, so I have four other, well, three other part or full-time staff. And then I have one vacancy now. And then mm-hmm. I have two part-time staff that split the time yeah. up at the front desk. So uh, my you know my brain's just going crazy because I'm I just talked to Kurt Maddox who you know we discussed being you know Conroe first or second largest growing city in the country country yeah which is a good problem to have I guess um how's the complexion of your team going to change based on that right that's a great question. I mean, one of the things I was talking to them about the the search committee on on potentially bringing me back was, you know, as I left the chamber, 
because I think I, I felt like our team when I was there were able to move it into a new direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I came back, you know, close to six years later, um, not a lot have, has had changed. Sure. So in in the city and the county and everything has been growing, but the chamber's not. Okay. So our goal and what we talked about at our um, board retreat in December was how do we mirror that growth? You know, what does that look like? And um, and how do we make sure that we're doing it in a, in a strategic way to where um, it benefits our members? And so we're, you know, we've got some committee work. We've had more committee work go on these last three uh, since since December, last three months, than I think the chambers had in, in a while. We've got new groups. It's probably the first time that I've been able to go into a committee meeting, and it's volunteer-led, mm-hmm. and the staff is just there to answer questions if needed. And that's a beautiful thing because the community elects and nominates the board mm-hmm. and to, re- to represent different parts of our community. And now they're uh, just to watch them um, – be able to to take a to take an issue at hand and uh, start moving the ball down the court. It's it's been fun to watch. For so. sure, man. That sounds exciting. I mean, I know it, growth is is gradual, obviously, but mm-hmm. it sounds like you guys might need to maybe ramp some up a little little sooner than you might have thought. Yeah. You know, knowing where we're going as a city and and so how is your? I mean, you personally. Let's mm-hmm. just get to know you a little bit. Like leadership skills, leadership style. Any mentors that kind of. Sure. Shaped because you've obviously been successful in different, uh, industry, you know, different industries and different companies. So, w- what about you? Like, did you who who helped you? Yeah, I've that? always played sports, um, and I had the the opportunity to play uh, college football and uh, University of Southern Mississippi, wow. and the just the life skills, the team skills, the organizational skills, the communication skills that I learned from that experience. And I hate to say it, but far exceeds anything I learned in the classroom. Right. Um, you know, we, we had to deal with different dynamics of, from racial issues, um, being at Southern Mississippi and we, you know, we had some great diversity there and and I've got great friends there, but we, we didn't always get along. Um, but we learned that at a a new age, a young age to where we can disagree, but still respect each other. And you, you don't get that nowadays. A lot of times, uh, the way the coaches, we're coaching. Obviously, there were different tactics, but back then, I probably was called every name in the yeah. book for screwing something up. Yeah. Um, but I didn't take it personally because they wanted me to be better. It was motivation then. Yeah. Now it's harassment. Now it's yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but all those things and, and knowing and just the camaraderie and all the things that we did, um, I, I, I pull for that. And one of the things that was a driving factor, and I'll leave his name out of it, but yeah. it was a coach that told me I would. Um, never play there. I was too short, too slow. I'd never played Division One football. Too short. Too short, too slow. And so he got fired the next year, um, and the gentleman that took his place said, I don't care who you are, how big you are, what if you, whoever gives me the most effort, I'm going to give you a chance to play. And he's the gentleman that gave me a chance to play. And then he told me, I'll give you the chance, but you it's up to you to stay on the field. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up wa- I walked on and I ended up earning a scholarship oh, later okay. on, which was which was which was cool. And yeah. I did it for the love of the game. I yeah. mean, now all these kids are just so spoiled and Image different and things. likeness now that I make yeah, money at it. It's right? crazy. I'd still wouldn't have gotten any of that, but I mean we just did it for <laughs> for that. But I think that molded to who I am because I really I'm always about you know, building a great team, supporting them, being the coach when I need to. I always talk about knowing when to walk beside somebody 
to um, you know just know that they're there behind somebody, mm-hmm. to know that they have my support. Maybe I need to push them a little bit, or, or in front of them to protect them. Yeah. And as I think a good leader needs to know that every situation is different, and with the same employee, you might have to be in three different positions depending on the day, depending on the situation, depending on what's what's happening. For sure. Um, and I think my staff respond to that very well, and we've been very successful. And just as an example, the new staff that I've been able to build with the, the chamber outside of one who was still on the staff before, um, we went through, they all onboarded just a few months before Lobster Fest, our biggest event that we do. Um, and we had the most successful Lobster Fest with three of our full-time staff that had never gone through it before. Wow. And it was just like, these are our tasks lean on the volunteers and we got great volunteers as well but you know it's just knowing that you're a servant leader and you're not and i'm not um different people in different positions i don't really like the word president i mean i just i want to just be part of the staff i mean but um there's times that you need to act like the president but most of the times i'm acting like i'm I'm just one of them because i'm also the one with the truck in the back and i'm moving stuff and cleaning stuff and helping the ladies do whatever they need does the football coach ever come out in you it has um, <laughs> when need be. I yeah. mean, I think um, they don't. It's not as fiery as the football For coaches, sure. yeah. Right. But it's you know. But I think it's the the analyzing, game planning, and you know, and if we have a situation, sitting down and talking through them. As um, I imagine that you know, we have a team meeting where we're all there and we're you know reporting out and then when I'm one-on-one with them that's kind of like my position meetings because each one of them have their yep. own responsibility so I can talk to them at a different level and get but I've never you know I, I've never have to be yeah I feel the people when I'm when you hire the right people they, they're they going to put more pressure on themselves than I than I ever need to and so to know if something messes up or you know that I'm going to be there support them because now and seeing people and how coaches do it and just for the I'm not going to I'm not trying to establish my stature or my right, my right. presence. I, I need to establish right. the fact that they know that I'm there to help them yeah. and support them. Well, it's good because I think a, a, a lot of leaders, you know, you hear uh hire against your weakness. So, what you're not good at, find somebody that is good at that, right, right and build a team. It sounds like you're building a team on based on kind of a DNA that made you successful in that type of person mm-hmm. which builds that culture that's kind of a you know, branches off of kind of your personality a little bit. And, and even though everybody's unique, I think it's to your point of why Lobster Fest went well with a, a green team, right? right? And right. so uh, that's important. And you said something earlier I thought was key is that leaders, you know, good leaders follow too. Mm-hmm. They know how to follow. Right. And uh sounds like you're, you know, you Sometimes know when you got to pick up to, the pieces, yeah. right? Because, and you, you yep. let people strategically not fail, but learn, and, you know, and, right. I, and I always say that, you know, the great philosopher Garth Brooks says, uh, failure isn't failure if a lesson from it's learned, there you, you go. know, and so if you're always learning and, and, and if you're, if you're getting onto them every time something goes wrong yeah. or they do something, maybe not the same way that, um, uh, that you would have liked that, you know, like yeah. talk to them about it, so right. have, you know, and say, Hey, you know. Yeah. If you want me to be in part of the conversation, I'll give you my opinion, but I'm not telling you one way or the other. And I think that's yeah. one of the things I, I try to emphasize with my staff. When I, I like to think out loud, and initially with new staff, they feel like, well, he said that. That means what, that's what he wants. I'm like, yeah. no, I'm just – just trying to brainstorm. Yeah, and that's cool. And I go for the cat when in hiring. Trying, I've always used the analogy that I was taught years ago: the cash. You know, what's the cash value of that person? And mm. cash being K A S H: knowledge, attitude, skills, and habits. And I always there. always go for A. 
I mean, A is number one. What's yep. their attitude? Yep. Because you can, you can teach and mold right. the other stuff. But right. if they don't have that attitude, and nowadays, different generations, it's it's it, different. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I like I like what you're saying there. And not not that this is a leadership podcast, but that's right in my swim lane. So I appreciate you saying that. And uh, man, so. The chamber is obviously, uh, in addition to maybe growing pains right now and trying to ramp up and build that team, expand it a little mm-hmm. bit. What is maybe a big, kind of a big hurdle uh, for you guys? Like, what's one of those things you maybe feel like you're beating your head against the wall, just kind of yeah. with with businesses or with you know just the community in general? Is there something that maybe you guys are maybe feeling like you're hitting hitting a brick wall at all? I don't think we're hitting the brick wall. I think, you know, I like to see movement and sometimes, you know, two months can go by before anything happens when you're dealing with, with boards and volunteers, when you're only meeting once or twice a month, it takes a while. And one of the things from our perspective is the transparency of anything that we're going to change. We're going to take it back to the board. The committee is going to take it back to the board to vote because the committee and the board was put in place to have that voice. Um, and just yesterday, <clears throat> as an example, we're, we're, we, we presented, we, 70% of our members are in the lowest categories of our membership base, 70. So 30, 28% of our revenue comes from that, or membership revenue comes mm-hmm. from that 70%. So then I have the rest of that coming from a very small percentage and if we don't build a stronger or more of a foundation of, of members at, mm-hmm. that, at, that, at that baseline, mm-hmm. we're relying too much on our special events. And so our goal is to start, instead of being 40% membership, 40% special events, and then we have, some, we have tenants in our, in our office mm-hmm. um, and some marketing um, income as well. But I need that to go to 60, 20, and 70, 10. So then with the revenue that we we bring in mm-hmm. with our special events, I'm able to do more for my members. Right. Membership, sustainability, uh, operations, paying the bills, paying the staff. But then the gravy and the icing on top is the special events. Right now we're too reliant on those special events. Okay. Um, and so shifting that. And so we, we rolled out a plan to talk to our that 70%, which includes nonprofits, which includes individuals, which includes associate members, and saying, hey, we've got to adjust our rates for $325. It's pretty cheap for a, for a month. Now, is that reflective of the size? Is that always reflective of the size of the company necessarily, or that's just an entry-level membership that they... It's, well, in the past, um, it used to be there was a baseline membership, and then depending on how many employees you had, you had to pay more per employee okay. above each one. But a few years ago, I mean, people started getting smart. It's like, why are we penalizing growing companies Right. So right, then right. we we made made a shift. A lot of chambers across the country made a shift to saying we're going to have membership levels, and you buy in at the level that you want to. Um, I feel that we're we're probably five years behind of where we needed to do a membership adjustment, and so we're proposing that now and talking to our stakeholders in those areas and, and mm-hmm. giving them the history. And we're, it's not a money grab, but it's really for us to be able to sustain ourselves because. We don't need, you know, we don't want to take out another PPP loan if we need, you know, if, if something happens. Yeah. We do not know, in theory, what's going across on, going on no, in Russia right. right now. You know, we we do <clears throat> not know, so we need to prepare our organization to be strong and viable. Um, and so this is a shift um, to do that. And we had a great. Um, 
a great focus group yesterday. I had about 20 people in there representing long-term members in that business level, uh, short-term members in that business level, nonprofits, and they listened to what we had to say, um, and they liked the plan. There wasn't any pushback. Obviously, no one wants to spend any more money, but, you know, I'm only, I'm, I'm only talking, you know, it's $33 a month. If, you know, overall, you know, to get to that $500 level. Um, and if we can do that, then we won't have to make any adjustments moving forward. So is there an aha moment in that room then? I think so. I think there was in the fact that they, they understood why. Um, other chambers and surrounding areas that will remain nameless um, just made those decisions without a lot of communication. Mm. Um, they Now they know and understand. And you know, we'll work with the nonprofits to where there's a discount. But right now, the nonprofits are paying 50% of that. So they're paying $165 for hmm. a, a membership, but getting the same service. And so we're going to try to get that group to everyone to 500 And then maybe the nonprofits will be, and we'll vote on this. Um, yeah. The board will on maybe like a 20% discount for that. But we went just to United Way and we, we, paid for half of a table, you know, so yeah. we'll give back in different ways and support them as they will support us. So uh, that's not really a roadblock, but that's a transition we're going to. And I think also, and you alluded to it before, what's the staff going to look like? We're going to need as our membership grows and we have these more benefits to track, I'm going to need more support staff wise in the membership department. And then also marketing communications, because mm -hmm. what we're finding is our small businesses don't have the luxury of having a graphic designer or someone that can put stuff together for them and they're having to contract out right. with somebody. So if you're you're joining the chamber, you want to advertise in our printed directory that's getting ready to come out, you don't have a graphic designer, you pay $325 for your membership, you have to pay $1,000 plus for a yeah. graphic designer to give you a logo or an ad, yeah. then you turn around and give me another $500 to um, put it in the to place the ad, okay. um, that's close to $2,000 investment. Mm -hmm. What if you just had a $1,000 investment and it included those other two things? Automatically, you're saving your business to a about $1,000 yeah. and you have an ad or a logo or whatever you might need to use wherever you want to, not just with the chamber. And so I, I envision my marketing um, and communications department to be we have one person, she's a rock star now, but turning into three and four yeah. eventually so we can service those small businesses in that yeah. way. Because it'll be at a fraction of cost of what they would have to do later. Yeah, and I was going to ask you, so you're reading my mind, if I was going to be one of those, I was going to ask, what's your message to that business owner that is on the fence, you know, mm -hmm. and you just answered that, that... So I, I just can't imagine that there's a reason why they wouldn't. And so I, I know you're, you're going to get them there eventually, mm -hmm. and, and you just have to assess where their expenditures are and kind of right. what makes sense and drive some efficiencies. And, and I, I think that's amazing. Like, I, uh, How many members total now? We're right at 900. Wow, 900. 900 right. members, and our ultimate goal, um, and it's been higher, it's been lower, but we've initiated a new – policy of you know writing them off on you know after so many you know so many days uh, you know just like collections and, and the, sure. you know we don't we don't we remind them but once you know when they get past 90 days we're writing them off they're mm -hmm. no longer but they can always come back but we're just not reporting them sometimes chambers and nonprofits like to keep numbers at a certain level mm -hmm. you know we're or i like to say tell how many people are actually paying not just who's on the books. Yeah. No, that's so, good. Uh, so that's, I think that's it. But as we grow, we'll, we'll have, you know, and I think if someone's on the fence, what do they need? Because I can list out all these benefits I can give you, but it might still might not be what you need. Come sure. tell me what you need. And then we can work on that Yeah. because we, 
we can't be everything for everyone and list those 20 things that you get for this level of membership. Mm-hmm. But if you need that 21st thing, it's probably pretty easy for us to do. And let us, let us do that. And, and that's sure. one of the things we're finding that people just open up the communication and say, Hey, this is what I need for my business. Yeah. How often do you guys get together? The chamber members, do they, do you have kind of a, yeah, so we've got different events, you know, our board meets, um, our executive committee meets, um, once a month, and then they also double up and come to the board meeting, and that's another one. It's a mm-hmm. monthly meeting. Um, we have a morning mingle that brings you know, small businesses and our members come in, and they ne- have a networking opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have a fun after five where an organization will sponsor drinks and hors d'oeuvres okay. um, and bring those people in. And we're averaging you know, anywhere from 90, 80 to 100 people at those events. And so that's 10% of our membership. We also have a lot of old members mm-hmm. that are just – Love the chamber, been in, you know their their heyday of getting out and socializing was back in the day, but they still are in all of our printed directory. Um, our website is the third um, most frequently hit website behind the city of Conroe and Conroe ISD because we're Conroe.org. So yeah. when you advertise with the chamber on our website. I mean, you're you're at the top of the list when it comes to when it comes to I don't know how all those analytics work. I got smart people to figure that out. But that's that's a benefit of being a part of our chamber as well is that visibility of your business. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as we're talking, I'm going to have you maybe give us a a, a quick pitch on for those that aren't members Mm -hmm. in a minute. But um, what do you kind of I don't know how long you serve as president. I don't know how you know how this whole thing works, but. Let's say down the road, you know, you make a you make a transition or something. What what do you want uh, folks to say about maybe your tenure as president of the chamber? Well, I, I think the biggest thing is is that I mean, obviously, you want them to, to know that and say that it's it's better now than it was when sure. it got there. But right? does that look like oh, we grew to twelve hundred yeah. on his no, watch? I, or, I think I think it's more about that this organization is primed and positioned to serve the community the way that it needs to be served. And that could be that could be different five years. That could be different ten years from now because who knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. But if if we're every all the things that we're doing now um, positions this chamber to be successful and be able to serve more people and to work in alliance with the city and CVB and um, economic development. Mm-hmm. Um, that's um, what I would like for people to say. It's and, and it's not about Scott, but it's sure, about sure. the it's about the team and the and the board because I wouldn't be able to do any of that without that. And and the funny thing going back to this the relationship with economic development and C V B is back in the day those two entities were under the Chamber of Commerce umbrella. Mm-hmm. And then just through changes and times, the city kind of took them over and, mm-hmm. and, and administered them and actually just recently moved them out of our building to over mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. But we still have a great relationship, still working relationship with them. Um, and so that's kind of where I think I would want to leave. Like we are in better position to serve more people in yeah. the ways that they need us to serve because more people are coming. Oh, and, and, you know, we've got to be ready for it and we just can't do status quo. This is the chamber. Um, and that's why I was talking about we need to we need to flip our, our script on who we are, not. Yeah, let's have a good party with with uh, Lobster Fest and those other things. But what are we doing as an organization to to, to help the to help yeah. the business community? Yeah. Well, have you seen some of the smaller that have, you know, some of the businesses that maybe started with you and then they've grown? Like, are you seeing people that are just like man chamber changed the game for us kind of deal and what does that look or sound yeah we've had we've had a couple success stories where they come in and you know 
at a networking event, we were able to connect them with one person and they got that one contract that they needed that put them over the hump. And then we never see them again, but they always pay their dues because they're so busy now, which is fine. We have others, people, you know, I've had to have difficult conversations with people that will come in and, you know, they, they, they join the chamber, they come and they stand in the corner at all of our events and they're not trying to network and engage. Try- right? Yeah. And so it's kind of hard when you, they don't and, and I've tried. And then we've had people on our, we have our a chamber chat with, you know, with Dick here with this in this radio station as well. And we'll b- try to bring people on as well and just to give them some opportunities. And I had one lady that just recently she had joined and she has come to, she's doing everything we ask her to do, come to everything, meet yeah. everybody. And it's just, nothing was clicking. And you could just kind of see that, yeah, it's it's okay, and it's okay, and then finally it happened. Okay. And now she's got one of the bigger contracts she's ever had. Wow. She's ecstatic, and she's like, it happened at a chamber networking event. Yeah. And so it was like a perfect testimonial. You That's know? awesome. But it, but it took it, – it just didn't happen overnight either, yeah. right? Yeah. So – and so we've got, we've got a lot of those, and I think we've got to also redefine a lot of – with – networking is different for people, yeah. and so how do we – not stick in that norm of just these events that we have. So we're, we've got a committee working on other ways that we can get people together. Yeah. Um, and then I'm trying to figure out how I can get the CEOs, COOs, CFOs, anything with an O in their yeah. title to come to some of these events because they're sending their marketing directors sure. or their community yeah. relations people. I want them in there so we can have some, you know, some, some round tables yeah. um, and, and good. bigger, bigger level discussions. That's real good. And, and what I'm, not to put words in your mouth, but I kind of hear you say you kind of get out of it what you put into it. Yeah. And and that's a kind of an old adage, but it, it does prove true, especially in something like that. I mean, if you're a member, but you have no voice or you have no uh, vision for change and you don't take an action to maybe engage with someone or intentionally right. get involved, then you, you're probably going to get what you get in that scenario. Right. And so I think that's – those are cool stories, by the way. So, I, I mean, that's for somebody right now that maybe is on the fence, not that – not that anybody really, you know, I would think there's a 900 people that are on board, you know, so getting some of those newer businesses that, you know, obviously growth is a, is a priority right. and, and we're prime soil for that in Conroe. So, uh, no, I appreciate your time and the chamber is the way to go for, for people just to, at the very least, maybe get on the map and then mm-hmm. meet some folks and then, Oh, by the way, maybe your business grows because you made a connection here that got you a deal, like you said. So you have a parting shot for the audience today, uh, just a message from the chamber for Yeah, for I just the community. think, you know, we've got a lot of things, great things going on. I mean, our, our city and our county continues to grow. Um, and, you know, we're, we're a lot of times the chamber is the first place people will will stop for that answer. And mm-hmm. so for if you want to be in that that formula, uh, come out. And if you have been a part of the chamber before and something wasn't right, I, I'm my door's always open. Yeah. I'd love to hear that because that's the only way I can make things better. Right. So I, I just challenge people and encourage them to reach out to me and, mm-hmm. and say, and let's let's talk about it, because yeah. I'm I'm as much of the membership director as my membership director is. And we're, we're all we're a small team and we're kind of, you know, we have to all you know rally together and do the job together. Yeah. Perfect, perfect response. I mean, I, I think that's for somebody listening right now that maybe, you know, like I said, kind of curious, you know, maybe they, they had a bad taste in their mouth at some point. You never know. But sounds like to me you're, you're willing to listen and, and help out with that. So I appreciate it. Audience, this was, this was great to bring Scott in. I mean, I, I've had, you know, my mind's blown just as to all the things that they do and what they can offer businesses. And, and like I said, Conroe is in a prime situation right now for growth. And so if you're not a member of the chamber, 
Go see Scott and his team. So with that, he's been Scott Harper. We've been The Bridge Podcast. Stay connected. Hey, uh, this has been a great show today. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Kurt Maddox, hearing about his journey, stuff I didn't even know. Uh, I'm sure you had some aha moments there and felt a little closer that we got to peek behind that curtain. And we had Scott Harper from the Chamber of Commerce really giving us this light bulb of a moment of, man, this is where we're going. This is what we're going to do. We're going to grow. We've got a great team in place, and we're going to come uh, to really go jump bo- both feet in the in the community and get more members to understand what our vision and what our purpose is here at the Chamber. So I, I really appreciate Scott. So uh, with that, you'll find us at IRLoneStar.com backslash TBPTX for the Bridge Podcast TX. And uh, – I hope you enjoyed this. It's been an honor. Stay connected.